So I'm here this morning with composer Mark Wardell. Very excited. We did originally go to Starbucks to conduct this interview, but to be quite frank, the music was just too loud in there. Yeah. And I didn't get the impression they were going to turn it down for us, really. I don't get the impression they were going to do anything for no. us. No. So, Mark, today we're here. Uh, we obviously know each other quite yes. well. Yes. And um, we're here today because we're both involved in the Vactite project. Mm -hmm. Um, my my real contribution to the project has come to its natural end. I was one of the team who helped develop the project, and then I was curator for the online worldwide element of the project. Your contribution is just beginning. We are kind of handing over to you. Yeah. Um, and your task is to create a brand spanking new piece of music inspired by this collection of contributions and it's quite a uh, um a blank canvas isn't it really it's, it is it's pretty huge yeah. in terms of how creative <clears throat> this could be or, or where it could go yeah uh, this is the beauty of it i have no idea even we briefly talked about things like the field recordings and i think people don't realize how yeah. m how much a field recording can um, have a, a an impact on creativity as well. Yeah. It's as simple as though the white noise of something, yes. the 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 bed of something. You know, there's these kind of sounds that you can either process or they can be help you be creative in a different way. And it, and and it'll be really interesting to see that side of it, but also the side that whatever people have sort of come up with as well. There was one in particular I'm thinking of where you can hear the sound of like the, the little woodland that leads up to a particular mm. site. And then in the distance you hear really loud traffic because there was something going on and traffic had been diverted. And it was it was a, such an interesting contrast. I mean, yeah. Do, does that kind of thing excite you? Yeah, it does. It does. I think... Um, Especially things like woodland, you just, you don't know what you're going to pick up. Yeah. And I don't think, I think when people are potentially recording these things as well, they don't know uh, what they're going to pick up as well. And I think even you could sit and listen to what you've done and it'd be like, oh, well, this is just, you know, I'm just walking or I'm just in a forest or whatever. But somebody else will be able to hear something else yeah. in within those recordings, potentially. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of um being able to be that creative with this and yeah. and having that much of a blank canvas because it 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 will it's it's somebody else's interpretation. It's taking somebody's interpretation or somebody's feelings from something however they've done it whether it is a recording or whether it is a piece of paper with a poem on or whether mm -hmm. it is you know a different kind of creativity then taking that and dissecting yeah. that or going with a feeling or an emotion of that as well is really raw. And actually, when I've spoken with other people who were part of the team of experts who developed mm. the project, one of the things we loved was how how much freedom we had yeah. in developing this project. And I'm really happy and excited that your part of it still has that freedom. Our idea behind it was that you act almost as an archaeologist, a musical archaeologist, mm. because when when um when a discovery is made you know the archaeologists take this stuff they reassemble it and then they make their interpretations yeah. it's really exciting to think about mm. that in a musical context mm. Mm. it's probably worth us actually just chatting a little bit about your your musical background like we do the long story but try and break it down <laughs> sounds good um i think i was really uh, interested in music from a very young age um i had a natural sort of feel for, for music but I was really into um, I was really in that sort of 
probably that 90s grunge kind of mm-hmm. scene um and and really sort of into sort of drums um that kind of came really natural to me um musical family so it was just the, everything was based around yeah. that anyway um and recording came as well because my father was uh in a band and he had a lot of you know four track and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so a lot of um analog type recording uh, like uh, you know i mean 10 11 years old doing multi-tracks uh picking up his guitar and yeah. doing that kind of stuff drum machine as so i didn't get a drum kit until i was maybe like 13 or 14 um and drum is like your main it, it, instrument it, it, isn't it it is um i, I mean i do obviously uh, bass guitar and piano and, and things like that as well but drums is you know probably my most competent thing from from sort of maybe I I I went through you know you I, I don't know I mean because you compose as well so you go through stints of what you like doing or mm. what feels natural um, and so I've kind of been through a lot of I've done the whole uh, <laughs> classic rock to post rock to more recently orchestral mm-hmm. uh, compositions yeah. for you know documentaries and TV and things like that and. Um, that seems to come quite natural. Um, although, having said that, I you know I do kind of sometimes just want to sit at the piano and write lyrics as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's a very broad kind of spectrum, um, which is I'm quite you know although I am a bit of a music snob, I am also quite open to genres. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, I I write music as well, mm-hmm. but it's a very different thing for me because I. I can write a song, you know, mm. and, and I can sit and I and it, and it always comes with lyrics because at heart, I'm a poet. That's my yeah, that's sure. my, my thing. And then I write music with that. The idea of taking something so sort of intangible or, or um, abstract. Yeah. This project or other things you've done in yeah. the past, a, a documentary, you know, and and composing music mm. to to, to fit that, not words. You, do you know what I mean? It's yes. For me, I find that terrifying. See, now that's interesting because that's how I've always written. Yeah. And even when I was writing lyrics, I've always written music first. Mm. And then if I've got a full track, I would go back and write the lyrics to that track. Yes. And try and have the music as complete as possible, um, even if it's just a demo, to have then... Sit down. I don't know why, and I don't know. I always felt that it was probably pretty backwards, but felt more natural for me to do it that way. And I think that's probably why, um, lyrically, I, I, I although I've written lyrics in the past, it's not. It doesn't always. It's not always there at the forefront of what yeah. I do. And then, you know, even uh, my wife, she's she's more of a. She will sit and listen to a song for the lyrics. Yes, and she was. Yeah. I love this song. Or da da da, and. You know, I, lyrics are really important, but sometimes for me, I would struggle with a set and song if I don't have that feeling of that mm. melody of mm. that kind of. And it's really strange yeah. because it does feel slightly odd to to react that way to a song as well. Mm. But I think it's because we're we're you know as a modern society, mm. it we're almost conditioned to that. That is what music is, really, isn't it? it it's pop music. It's verse, bridge, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, instrumental, section, chorus. Well, yeah, I mean, then that's it. I think, as well, I tend to... I really like um, listening to live performances mm. because within the, within live performances, 
you get even more creative license to kind of go, hey, you know this song, mm. but here's here's yeah. a yeah. three-minute solo or here's yeah. a, I'm going to play it acoustically this yeah. time or on the piano or yeah. with a full orchestra. What's better than hearing a, one of your favourite songs yeah. done differently? A big favourite of mine is the, the original MTV Unplugged. Yeah. So like, particularly Nirvana, Nirvana one in New York, Alanis yeah. Morissette. Yes. Um, th- there are some that are just really great and that's it i mean it's almost blasphemy to say that i really i i mean i you know i'm a big david bowie fan Mm -hmm. but i really enjoy nirvana's version of um man of sold the world world. because for me again that 90s grunge era that was i was really you know quite young i was probably what 10 yeah maybe 10 years old when that came out Mm. but i was so aware of that I loved that whole feel of that song, and I had no idea that was David Bowie at ten years mm, old. Yeah, yeah. But I I relate to that version an, an yes. awful lot. Yeah, and it's, again, it's that kind of jagged little pill era. Yeah, yeah. The whole kind that, of yeah. that that kind of thing. But um, I'm a huge David Bowie fan. Is he one of your very main inspirations in music? Would you think? Or I would say, currently, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those strange scenarios where. I tend to flit a lot. I mean, he he is. I I wouldn't say that he was growing up mm. necessarily. I think at a certain point he was. Yeah. I think I was growing up with a lot of talking heads and yes. that kind of real alternative um, way of looking at thing, uh, way of writing music and looking yeah. at, at, at creativity. Um, but there was a lot of Radiohead and and Manic Street Preachers. It yeah. was really broad. Um, Super Tramp. Yes. So, so yeah. all over the shop in terms of, yeah. um, and folk. When you say folk, are you th- are you meaning like American folk kind of, or like more no. like English? I would English type yeah. folk. You know that whole kind of um, almost pagan type. Yes. You know yeah, that yeah, yeah. style, that whole um, genre. Um, and then I had sort of on my father's side that was kind of that more um, Beatles Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you listen to Dylan, but I, it's not really been something that I've ever really mm. been into. We've talked about Dylan before. Dylan, yeah, because well. Dylan was a big, a big um, factor for me, not from mm. my parents. Mm. Um, d- when I discovered Dylan, and again, I think it was probably f- through a cover version, and he, he, and then Leonard Cohen had big impact, and yeah. um, and then gradually moved much more to Leonard Cohen because I think it was what you were talking about this combination of the lyrics and the melody yes i think that leonard cohen's music does that more beautifully than bob dylan yeah I, I understand yeah i do i do get that and i've i don't want to say i've struggled with getting into bob dylan i don't think i've given that much time mm, to it yeah. again we're going to talking about lyrics because yeah. i you know i understand you know how important he's yeah. been and how much yeah. of an impact he's had on that um but then i i you know i take a lot of inspiration from people that use probably, probably more atmospheres. Joni Mitchell, for Johnny example, Mitchell. especially some of the latest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We, we, we can trace things back to like going listening to um, things like um, the Blue Album. Mm. Um, you know, putting that first track on there and listening to that and just being sort of really in a 
in a totally different place mm. and then going and, and listening to the Travelogue album where yeah. there's this huge um, orchestra, orchestra yeah, yeah. and you're like, well, this is a, this is the same person but this is a different voice uh, and, and a full orchestra behind oh. her is just... Her so voice funny. on both sides now when she's older. Yes. It's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it takes... It, atmosphere. It just takes it to yeah. another level. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, you know, a lot of... Uh, uh, also a lot of... Icelandic kind of mm, influence, mm. I, or, or at least Scandinavian, but mainly Icelandic influence yeah. in terms of, again, growing up in that that grunge kind yeah. of um, Bjork, yeah, and yeah. and even now listening to um, Oliver Arnold's, you know, with his who's again that that kind of soundtracky type, yeah, you know, um, minimalist piano kind of way, yes. neoclassical is is. I think where I drew a lot of inspiration recently for um, for the for the most recent album. Well, I was just going to say you the, the the album Close is those kind of Scandinavian Icelandic elements yeah. are really present in there in the names of some of the songs yes. in yes. in the feel. You know, you can really sense that, and I think the the cover of that album is literally like your figure in a yes. big white kind of space. Yeah, and that was shot in, in Reykjavik. Um, and the, 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 the original shot is the, the, the mountains in the background. Mm. Um, but it felt quite... Um, we had somebody else do the artwork uh, and he... And he I, I guess he got a feel for listening to the album, got a feel of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe taking that, yes. stripping it down and with yeah. it being a minimalistic kind of um, uh, album style that... Um, that whole basic kind of white kind of background kind of fit with it as well. So yeah. Um, so when you when you're approaching a project like that, so mm-hmm. you're thinking, uh, I mean, I'm, if if you do indeed think in this way that I'm gonna create an album, um, or I'm gonna create a song, yeah. Um, what what's your usual process? I know you said you kind of tend to write the music first, but yeah. In terms of other creative preparation for it, what what is the process for you? It's interesting because say for example this project although i don't know what the content is and things could completely change when you get hold of the content mm. as well i think in my mind i'm i'm going to gather this content and i'm going to do things that would make it, me feel uncomfortable doing mm. rather than be, rather than being straightforward because if I just have a really strict plan about what I'm going to do with this content, you know, it's going to go down a route that's too predictable. Whereas when you're using content like this, that people don't know what they're going to feel like when they're at a particular place, then um, doing something that's more out of the box with it would be more appropriate, I think. Because then... um, we just don't know where we're going to go. You know, we're, we're talking about a project that's based on heritage, yeah. the past, the present, the future, how these things affect people's lives now um, and how they're connecting with the past. Yeah. Um, and, and earlier off off recording, you mentioned about this idea of being really interested in the different layers of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be really interesting that um, how people approach it how where they see themselves at that point or what they relate to in their time scale um it's so broad it's it's almost 
inaccessible. It's really mm. so until until I kind of sit down with it all, um, and it, it may be that I get the content and that I probably just sit and listen or look and read at what is in front of me, mm-hmm. rather than have a a, a piano or a guitar yeah. or any kind of instrument there straight away. But it might be that I'm hear something and then go straight to yeah. that as well. So, um, being as open minded as possible is just it's it's more difficult, I think, as well because you want to, uh, as humans, you kind of you want to do what feels mm-hmm. good as well. Yeah. Um, whereas with this project, I feel that it's more. I'm. I'm I'm doing it along with these people. Yeah. One of the big ideas for this project is that is that idea of people being able to come along and alter things, make their own contributions mm-hmm. and interpretations of mm-hmm. things and um you know the idea of people being able to potentially remix this music or yes. use it in their projects yes. or um or, or you know whatever yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's there it's going to be there for people to use. Um how does that feel as a creator? It's it, it's quite interesting because I I used to do a lot of remixes for mm. people. So if I could get hold of stems from particular songs, yeah. I would do it for fun, and then send them back to that artist. And and you know they have they have a different take on that mm. song, and yeah. it's there if they want to yeah. use it or not. Um, uh, it. it it's quite nice. It's almost a giving back, isn't it? Yeah. And and I think that's quite important, especially now in music, because music's becoming. Well, it's very kind of tightly controlled. Yeah. Um, and I think that, it would. It, I think it would be really, advantageous to have something out there that is, not restricted. This is yeah. a project that is is clearly not about restricting what we do yeah um and hopefully somebody will see or hear that 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 finished product and go i can hear something else yeah yeah which is great it is such a great art form Mm -hmm. that i i don't really remember seeing it used in in a heritage or museum project in this way Mm -hmm. in that the musician, the composer, is making an interpretation yeah. of a, a a project. You know, I, I haven't personally seen that before, so I think that's really quite exciting. It is. It's different, and I mean, it, but it's totally, from my perspective, I think it's totally achievable as well. Yeah. I mean, surely it's been done somewhere, but um, it would be nice to see some projects like that. If, yeah, if it has been done definitely. somewhere, it would be really nice to see those kind of prop, um, finished products. Um, but I think it's really, it's a great idea and it's really accessible. You know, you are, again, you, you, you're you using other people's mm-hmm. work yeah. to create something yeah. else. There's almost no finishing point yeah. as well. Yeah. It's it's open-ended, hopefully, yes. as well, in that sense. Not that many years ago, but a while ago, yeah. you would have needed lots of different instruments. Yes. You would have potentially needed lots of different instrumentalists. And, yeah. you know, uh, whereas... Now, the technology is much more advanced that you can basically have an orchestra at your your fingertips. You can you can pretty much do anything. You know, lots of people are recording albums, bedroom albums, yeah. which is great. 
and it's really, really important that I think that that is acknowledged as well. Mm. I think um, you have to, even though you can have access to these uh, instruments, you still have to have that knowledge of yes. how to use them. Um, and there are people creating albums using these instruments that are really superior. They're absolutely mega, mega albums. Um, but they don't have the companies behind them pushing mm. them. So there's these sites, you know, like Bandcamp and things like that, that are really important, that are elevating people with these yeah. kind of homemade recordings. Um, but I think we've gone full circle as well in the sense that um, a lot of people want to go back to recording yes. analog yeah. and stuff as well and that whole kind of... Um, well, the vinyl revolution with, with how you're listening to exactly, music even. You know? Exactly. I think it's it's... It's gone full circle, and I'm hoping that it's not going to die out again because I think digital is it's massive, and I like to listen to the lossless sound and stuff like that as well. But, I mean, we've, we've all heard it. If you're, if you're a vinyl enthusiast, you know, there is no better yeah, sound, no. and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is kind of true, you know, yeah, that, that is, yeah. authentic element, that authenticity of of a sound of an, uh, the natural process of making yeah. something is yeah. to a creative person, probably more important yeah. as well. But, um, to have that down on, on a record or a cassette mm. or something mm-hmm. or, or, you know, it's really, it's a really special thing, Yeah, you know, almost like having a, a an original painting of something yeah. or or even original notes of something that yeah. never you know they were just notation but they they didn't get used but yeah. that's so yeah. that's the starting point that's the process yeah. of of creativity of a of a certain aspect of something from a heritage point of view yeah. as well i mean yeah. looking at for example vinyl you know the reason vinyl died out initially didn't quite die out but died down yeah. is because cd's were cheaper yeah. Yeah. and quicker to manufacture in large scale. Um, they weren't better. They were, we were told they were better at the time. They were unbreakable. They yeah, were unscratchable. But but they've kind of all, all but disappeared, really. And vinyl is is on the up. Even cassette is sort of making a comeback. But I think this is down to the kind of Stranger Things, mm. uh, 13 Reasons Why, 80s kind of yeah. revolution. I, whereas I think the vinyl thing, it is about sound yeah. and that idea of holding something like an artwork in your hands. Yeah. Um, because whereas if you just want the digital version and I stream on Apple Music, Spotify, yeah. you know, whatever, it, it that's fine if I just want to listen to something. But if there's an album, if PJ Harvey brings out a new album, I'm going to get that on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I want to hear that. You want to start to finish album, basically, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Which, and there are plenty of those that are around. Yeah. Um, older or new, brand yeah. new ones now. Um, I'm still buying new album, new vinyl albums yes. now that have just come out. Yeah. Um, but I am selective on what I would buy. So I would have Nirvana Acoustic yeah. in New York. Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. who wouldn't yeah. want that? Yeah, of course. But you're, you're also then you're going down that whole rabbit hole of, you know, is it a reproduction? Can you mm. go and buy it in your local supermarket? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine, but... Yeah. And there's no... I, I genuinely don't think there's a right or a wrong in terms of it, you know? Yeah. Spending hundreds of pounds on a vinyl, listen, if it gives you um, that feeling of, you know, collecting something really special and it's an original, great. Yeah. I understand that completely. But I, I, again, I don't think there's anything wrong in 
if you enjoy listening to vinyl and it gives you something and mm-hmm. you can get it for 20 quid in your Fair supermarket, enough, yeah. then do it. It's Absolutely. Fine, you know? just, just to kind of wrap up really with a question related to the project, mm. do, you, do you feel there's any particular heritage site or other kind of place where you felt a specific connection mm. to the past, the present, the future, whatever, somewhere that, um, that kind of makes you stop and just watch? I have a, a a great affinity for the Lake District. Mm. Um, anything mountainous, anything that's kind of and and lakes. I I mean, my wife has Swedish heritage, so going to Sweden and mm. the lakes there, and it's it's a very similar kind of you know feeling yeah. of being around something so natural and um. But um, I, I, the Lake District is a place for me of real special kind of moments mm. um i mean it's one of the the few places certainly in england where you can go and really get that kind of vast scenery yeah that i think you know from your kind of scandinavian icelandic inspirations mm, mm. kind of does feed into your music yeah yeah I, yeah it, it it could very well easily bleed into the same kind of genre um I mean, it's really, yeah, again, it's so open-ended in terms of, you know, you could just spend the day in York and just be in a totally yeah. different yes. historical place as well. Absolutely. You know, York for me is is a great place. And it's great, you know, we take our son there and he loves the idea of the Vikings and things like that yeah. and that whole, he absolutely immerses himself in the whole sort of um, pillaging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. idea. Um, <laughs> But it's harder to pillage now there isn't a Disney shop yeah. there, is there? Has the Disney shop gone? More, yeah, I, think, I mean, what uh, is there to pillage? So, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm very much... I'm very much happy in a place of hills and yeah. and scenery. Yeah. And, um, even though I'm not great with heights, I'm quite happy to look down on a yeah, yeah. giant lake. Yeah. Yeah, it it yeah. still makes me feel okay yeah. uh, in that sense. Um, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Um, Thank you. I'm really excited to see what you do with the project. I'm really excited. For I'll you. have all the content ready for you over this weekend, and then yep. you can get stuck in. Yes. And um, yeah, keep us posted. Maybe we could do another interview like h- halfway through or something. That would be really probably quite interesting to see what kind of direction it ends up going. Because at this point, we have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Whatsoever, so that'd be really good. Yeah, I'm just interested. Before we do go, is how you pronounce the name of the project. <laughs> it's been something that we've sort of um looked at over the whole can time can i see it uh, can you write it down for me uh, yeah I can or, write it down. Or, or i can write it down i um <laughs> i only say this because my um my pronunciation has been commented on <laughs> so we did a whole video of people um pronouncing it in their own accents i'll say it first and then i want you to say it after me how you how say i would say it. it of course yeah Vaxite. Okay. I would, I would, I'm thinking more of a, again, from a um, Scandinavian point of view, that would be a, a V. Yeah, yeah. And I would say Vaxite. Vac, vac I would say, and I, again, I'm still not convinced I'm getting it right. Yeah. Uh, but there's no right, because well, it's kind of a made up word, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vaxite. 
But one of the things I did, I was doing wrong, I kept missing out the T. So it was just like, yeah, I think I did that. Vaccine. And I think that's actually my Yorkshire accent, which uh. is just sort of missing out that T. Whereas in Yorkshire, we do use T a bit. We're like, tip vaccine. You know what I mean? Like that, if I was from a different part <laughs> of Yorkshire, I might do that. that to to vaccine. Yeah, we, we, could, we could alter it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Thank it was you. a pleasure.